0: Man, I am so excited what God has put in my heart for you today. I didn't even give him the title in uh, the first service because I was so pumped up. I barely even looked at this iPad. Uh, a lot of this is flowing out of my heart, out of my spirit. I believe the Holy Holy Spirit has something specifically for our church and that we have stepped into a brand new season Uh, in a very powerful uh, season at that. So I'm gonna talk to you about a different reality. If I could put a title on today, I would call today Movers and Shakers. I thought I'd get a better reaction than that. Uh, Movers and Shakers um, in the kingdom of God. And so if you got a Bible, go with me to Matthew chapter number six, starting in verse nine. We used this as a backdrop last week. I'm gonna use it again today. It says, this then Again, we're in the series called A Different Reality, and we introduced to you last week that as believers, we should, in fact, be living a different reality from the average person. It's possible, though, for you and I to be in the kingdom and not tapping into the kingdom. Like you come, you give your life to Christ, you say, I'm, a, I'm saved, I'm a believer, but you are not living in a kingdom reality. You live frustrated, you live um, upset, you live angry, you live uh, depressed or oppressed. All these things are happening in your life, but the kingdom of God for a follower of Christ is supposed to supersede or superimpose itself on our natural reality so that you and I can begin living in a kingdom reality. How many of you want to live in a kingdom reality? Anybody want to see the kingdom manifested in your life? Now, last week, we looked at how to position ourselves to make sure that that happens. There are principles that we have to live by, uh, principles that God gives us that bring us into alignment with the kingdom. There are priorities. Um, If our priorities get out of whack, we, we can miss out on the kingdom of God. And we ended last week by talking about acknowledging, aligning, and agreeing with the kingdom of God. And in whatever uh, ways that I cannot acknowledge God, it will exclude his kingdom from that area of my life. If I don't acknowledge God in my finances, that excludes kingdom realities in my finances. If I don't acknowledge God in my relationships, it will exclude his kingdom from coming in to my relationships. And so it's impossible for you and I to get a kingdom result when we are not acknowledging God in that area. Even though you're a Christian, you can be living without kingdom results. And that's the part that, 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 That's the tension that I feel as your pastor is because we have people in this church that I'm visibly watching them bear the fruit of the kingdom of God. But at the same time, we got people in this church that are not bearing the fruit of the kingdom of God. They're not living in that reality of the kingdom. And so as we move this thing forward today, I want you to know that the power of God is not knowing a bunch of things. But the power of God is based on revelation. There's a big difference. In Matthew chapter 16, when Jesus asked the disciples, he said, who do men say that I am? And they began to give answers. Some say you're John the Baptist or Elijah, one of the other prophets. But it was loud Peter who got it wrong a lot of times. But this time he got it right. He said, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. And Jesus stopped and said, Blessed are you, Simon Barjona, another name for Peter. He said, flesh and blood did not reveal this to you, but my Father in heaven has given you this revelation and on this revelation I will build my church. Jesus was not building his church on Peter. He was building his church based on the revelation Peter had that Jesus is the Christ. Revelation is what causes us to move from one level to the next level. We grow in God as we gain revelation. One of the reasons why we come to church is because God has given the church gifts. Specifically, Jesus left the church himself five gifts. The apostle, the prophet, the pastor, the teacher, and the evangelist. Jesus, those are gifts he gave to the body. He gave them to the body so that you would open him up and get revelation that would move you from a natural reality into a kingdom reality. And what we gain in revelation here is not just to celebrate here, but it is take that revelation and manifest the kingdom at your job and manifest the kingdom at that school and manifest the kingdom in your business to take that kingdom reality everywhere you go. Whenever we're talking about revelation, we're not talking about head knowledge. A lot of people have head knowledge, but they don't have revelation. There's a big difference between head knowledge. Um, Between head knowledge and revelation. Revelation is better than knowledge because revelation means you're actually doing it. Um, A lot of people have knowledge that they never act on. In other words, they can quote scriptures that they're not living. And, and, and how we move from natural reality to a kingdom reality is that it's not just the memorization of a bunch of things that we have not applied. I would actually tell you that it's better for you to have revelation of a couple of things than it is for you to have knowledge of a bunch of things. Because if you have revelation on it, you are now acting on it. You are now doing what the scripture said. Knowing scriptures on healing is not the same thing as having a revelation that it's God's will to heal you. Knowing some scriptures that God wants your finances blessed, that's great, but revelation means it's God's will for me to be blessed. And so I'm acting on what I know. And so we've been asking this question, is the kingdom of God real? Is this faith thing real? I I believe most of us would say it is real, but the problem we have is we say it's real. We believe that the kingdom is real, but a lot of times our life does, does not resemble the fact that we believe it's real, that we're living in a way that would suggest that we believe more in the natural reality than we do a different kingdom reality. Um, you can have two people who are both saved and one person is receiving kingdom results and another person is not, you can be in the kingdom without tapping into the power of the kingdom. But I want you to know today that it's possible for you and I to live a different reality in the scripture. Uh, we are given a lot of examples of a different reality. One of those was, uh, something known as the year of Jubilee. The year of Jubilee was different than all the other years. Like it wasn't a normal year. It was a different reality year. It was the year in which all debts were canceled. And I just speak supernatural debt cancellation over this house and over your house. It was a different year. It was all the slaves went, went free. All the debts were canceled. All the mortgages were canceled. And every, how many would like a year of Jubilee? Some of y'all are like, I don't know. Well, I'll take my year of Jubilee and your year of Jubilee. It was a different year. In the year King Uzziah died, we spent a couple weeks preaching on that. Everybody else is mourning the loss of, of the leader of a nation. But in the year King Uzziah died, Isaiah saw the Lord high and lifted up. He was living in a different reality. John on the Isle of Patmos, though he was being tortured and beaten and persecuted, he said, I was in the spirit on the Lord's day. In other words, in the natural, this is happening to me, but I am tapping into a different reality. I am stepping out of what's going on in the natural, and I'm stepping into kingdom living. And that's what God has for you and I. Now, as we go a little bit further, um, this season and I'm just going to prophesy it because I can sense what the Holy Spirit has been doing. I'm just going to prophesy it. This season can be different for you. It can be. This season should be different for you where you experience a different reality. The, the, The city of Jerusalem, the Bible says Jesus spoke over the city and he said, you missed your hour of visitation. In other words, I came... And I wanted to shift your season, but you missed your moment. It's possible to miss a moment. It's possible to miss a season. Um, and I, I don't know what you came in with today, but how many of you would say you could use a season change? Come on, anybody, can, could you use like your season? Whatever that may look like for you. Um, when you recognize that it's your time, your hour, your day, and your season, and you, you grab hold of the moment, you can actually accelerate the promises of God in your life. Um, Jesus' first miracle that he performed, it, it tells us a lot about God's nature and a lot of, uh, about God's heart, because the first miracle Jesus performed was, is that he turned water into wine. Now, the miracle isn't just water into wine. The miracle is, is that it takes wine time to ferment. Jesus, what was he showing us? He's showing us, I can remove time out of the equation. I'm going to remove time. This should have taken time for the wine to ferment. But I'm going to remove time, and so with that being said, what you got to understand when you step into a season that God has for you, our good friend Tony Stewart talks about seasons and windows and doors of destiny, and and we 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 joke with him all the time. But it's a word God has given him that seasons shift and seasons change, and God has the ability to remove time. And what would have taken you ten years to do, when you step into a kingdom moment, when you step into an open door, what would have taken ten years to do, God says I'll do in one year. What would have taken a year to do, God says I'll do in one week. What would have taken 20 years to pay off, God says I'll supernaturally pay it all. I'll remove the time out of the equation. But that's a kingdom reality. That's stepping out of the natural and stepping into kingdom living. When we tap into the kingdom of God, we understand that everything God needs to do has already been done. It is finished. It is a finished work. When Jesus got up from from the tomb and ascended to the right hand of the Father, he sat down. And he sat down because the work is finished. Jesus is not putting on a hard hat and a tool belt and going to work for you and I. And the reason he's not doing that is because he already did the work. Your healing is done. Your deliverance is done. Your salvation is done. The restoration is done. Everything you need is already been done. But it's stepping out of the natural into the kingdom reality so that what's in heaven can begin coming into my earth. When I pray, I pray thy kingdom come. We don't pray heaven come. We pray thy kingdom come, because the kingdom is not just heaven. Kingdom is God's rulership. It is God's reign. It is God's authority coming into your situation. So, Father, right now, we just release your authority over every situation in this room, over finances and over sick bodies and over marriages. We release your authority. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Somebody give God praise right there. I know I'm preaching. I'm just preaching. This is in my heart because I want us to step in to kingdom realities, and it's happening, guys. It's happening. It's it's crazy. What's happening? We we just in the last few months we've seen stage four cancer healed. We've seen uh, kidney failure healed. We, 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 we had a, a man, Jeff Ratliff, was here in the first service and he gave me permission to share. He, had a, he was having a heart attack during revival in the mid-building, having a heart attack, flat-out heart attack. They laid hands on him and prayed for him and though he had every sign you could think of for a heart attack, when he went, there was nothing wrong with his heart. He's totally fine and he will, he will tell you, God supernaturally touched me <laughs> had they not prayed. Listen, we, we had in, a, in the mid-building, a deaf ear opened up a couple weeks ago. And, and so when I say, some of y'all are looking at me like, what kind of church am I in? You're in a kingdom church. You're in a... <laughs> Listen, and it's just getting started. Right now we're just seeing it in seed form. But God has been speaking to my heart that our season has shifted and what has been coming in drops is going to come in more of a harvest form and you're going to see sick people come to this church just because they know if I can get on that property, I know God will touch my body. I know the cancer will leave. I know the marriage will get turned around. I know I can get everything I need. It is a house... Of healing. We're seeing it happen and it's in seed form, but it's, it's important to understand that Jesus said that he gave us the kingdom in seed form, which means it has to grow. It means that, that where we end up will not look the same as where we started, that this thing has to grow. It has to, to be nurtured. It has to be protected. And when it comes to the kingdom, you need to know that you did not come out of your mom and dad, you came out of out of God. God knew you before your mom and dad ever hooked up. Can I get a witness right there? Some of you are like, praise the Lord, I needed that. That's my word. That's my word. He said he said, I knew Jeremiah before he was even conceived. And so when we come into the earth, we come into the earth trying to become who we already are. God said, I put eternity in your heart that I predestined you unto good works. Before you even showed up, God saw the finished Chad Dingus, the finished Alex Workman, the finished Jeremy Toler, the finished Karen D. He saw the finished product. And so we spend all these years trying, trying to figure out and become who we were always destined to be it's a battle. I'm not saying it's just automatic. How many, how many would say, pastor, that's a battle, right? Why? Because the world labels us, people labels us, label us. We, we, we have things spoken over us or to us, or we have our own, how many, just some of your own mistakes you've made. Like you, you sit around going, gosh, you know, I'm, I'm not becoming who you said I am, you know, and it's not even, nobody else did it. I did it. And we're overcoming all those things, but look at this scripture in Colossians chapter three. It says, since then, this is Colossians three, verse one. Since then, you have been raised with Christ. Set your hearts on things above where Christ is. Seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things above, not on earthly things. Those two verses right there is a big reason why you don't live in a kingdom reality. You have to set your mind and heart on things above. Then in verse three, he says, for you died and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. Your life is now hidden with Christ in God. I was at a table this week uh, having uh, lunch with a bunch of pastors. And so this verse came up. And as as we were talking about this verse that our life is hidden in Christ, Christ is not Jesus's last name. Christ is the anointing. So he said, your life is hidden in the anointing. Why do we live so much of our life never discovering who we are? Because we're trying to find it outside of the anointing. I can only find who I'm called to be through the Holy Spirit. Through the anointing, I discover who he's called me to be. But we're talking about this verse, and, and what's cool about this verse is that you and I, like I'm dead to who I was in Adam. I'm supposed to be, as a, as a Christian, I'm supposed to be dead to who I am in Adam. I died and I came alive in Christ. That's what salvation is. Salvation is not a prayer. Salvation is you dying. So it's not just, you know, this little prayer and I'm good with the Lord. No, salvation is I'm dying to me so I can come alive in Christ. Now here, here's the, the conundrum we find ourselves in with that verse is that if I'm dead to who I was, sounds like we're having a light show right here. Uh, you got, they got it, I think. Anyway, I'm dead to who I was in Adam. Let me say this, what, what God did in Christ is greater than what the devil did in Adam. So if I'm dead, then th- this is the co- the topic of conversation. If I'm dead, how can I ever be offended? Amen. Yeah, that's right. The claps left. I know, because some of you walked up in here and you still offended about something. Somebody rubbed you, but if you're dead. I have never seen a dead body being put in the ground and they throwing dirt on it and the dead body get up and say, Quit throwing dirt on me. <laughs> Why they dead? Some of you and, and it's not in church, it's not just that you get offended. If you're dead, you can't be offended. But some of us, it's not even our offense. It's somebody else's. You know what that tells me? It means you're living in Adam. And not in Christ. That's a good place to clap right there. Because if you're dead, it's not going to move me. It's not going to affect me. Sure, may I have an emotional reaction to something? I might. But I'm going to bring it under the blood quickly. I'm going to bring it under the blood. I'm going to deal with it. Because I'm not living based on who I am in Adam. Anybody want this kingdom reality I'm talking about? Like This is what we're getting at. So he says, um, you have an anointing. You are the temple of the Holy Spirit. You're dead to the old you. You're alive in Christ. Therefore, when I sin, let's just use the word, Jesus didn't come to free us from mistakes or bad decisions. Let's call it what it is. He came to free us from sin, right? Can we say sin in Bethesda church? I know we got a woke culture that really needs to wake up. It's sin. And and so when I sin and when I mess up, whatever term you want to throw on it, if I'm walking with Christ, what happens is, is that the Holy Spirit will check me every time. I am concerned that we got a lot of people in the church that have learned how to ignore the checking of the Holy Spirit. When he checks you, how many of you would admit that you have grieved the Holy Spirit since you came to Christ? Have you ever had that moment where you knew, Holy Spirit's not happy with me? I had a moment this week. I was just, we were loading a car. And I was just, we had been in a conversation about something and I just spoke out something that was not from the word of God. It was something from my flesh. And I said it, and about the time I said it, PK looked at me, and, I, and it, was, it was her look, but even more than her look, I had bombs going off that I had just said something that was not in alignment with what God said. So he checked me. And so what I had to do is I had to repent for putting into the atmosphere something that was different than what God's kingdom has established as truth. And I had to put something else into the atmosphere. Some of us are frustrated and angry and depressed and oppressed because we keep building the world, our world, with the words that we speak and we're speaking words that are not in alignment with kingdom realities. If you want to change your your reality and live in a different reality, I want to go ahead and tell you one of the first places you ought to start is what you release into the atmosphere, what you're building with your words, even when it looks bad, even when it looks like there's no hope, go ahead and speak some faith over that thing, Speak speak the word of God over it, start building a different kind of world for you to live in. So you have an anointing Paul said you have an anointing and you know all things I mean that's a dangerous scripture right there I had somebody tell me one time um, I forget who, you know how they worded it but it was it was kind of along the lines of they were using the scripture I have an anointing and um, I know all things so I don't need anybody to teach me and that's not what that verse means you have an anointing and you know all things but that's not Ahead, knowledge. It's really not you. You have an anointing and you know all things. How is that possible? Because we're all still growing and learning. We don't know everything because we have the Holy Spirit in us who knows all things. That's where the anointing comes from. So the question now becomes, it's not, am I anointed? I'm gonna settle the issue. If you're a follower of Christ, if you're blood bought, if you've died to self and you're alive to Christ, you are anointed. Can we settle that? You are anointed. The question then becomes, can I think on the level of my anointing? Because that's the battleground. You may be anointed to be wealthy, but if you think poverty, ultimately you will live on the level of your thinking. You won't live on the level of your anointing. You'll live on the level of your thinking. That's why it's a constant battle for me to get my thinking into alignment with my anointing. Everything I go through in life, I've got to bring it into subjection to the word of God so that my thinking will be on the level of my anointing. You can be anointed to heal the sick, but think that I'll always be sick. And you will reduce your calling. You will reduce who God has called you to be down to the level of your thinking. Slap somebody in the head and tell them think better. Come on, it's the wrong person. Tell somebody else think better. Now, I got to get back on my notes because I don't know where I'm at. Um, we got to get back to asking ourselves: Am I speaking what the kingdom is speaking? Am I aligning my life with kingdom principles? Do I agree with the word of God? How many of you understand we got to get past this whole mindset of, well, if I feel this way, it's okay. We really do. We got to get past, I feel this way. Who cares what you feel? Especially if it's not in line with what God has said. Like if it's out of alignment, like at what point do we say, you know what? It's not God's job to change. It's my job to change. I'm ready to do counseling. Anybody want to sign up? Cause I, I got, I got a, I got, I got a lot of ammunition. I'll do some counseling this week. If you need it, I'm here because I'm going to, we've made this thing complicated and we want to dive into people's feelings for four hours And then wonder why at the end of four hours, we're worse off than before we started. If we just came in and said, hey, I know you feel that way, but uh, here's what the word says. So you might want to crucify your feeling for just a minute and start doing what the Bible says to do. I need a little help in this church today. We just got to do what it says. And there'll be blessing attached to it. All the statistics say, because listen, when Jesus told Jerusalem, he said, hey, you've missed your moment. He added a line to it. He said, because you've missed your moment, the next generation will be impacted. All statistics show us that if trends continue, that only about 4% of this generation rising will know Jesus. Jesus. Do you know what that says? According to Jesus, it says that the previous generations have missed their moment. When we miss our moment, it negatively impacts our children. If they miss their moment, it negatively impacts their children. That works in the negative, but how many of you understand it works in the positive? That if we embrace our season and we embrace our moment and we bring the kingdom into the earth, it means that our children can start where we left off and they don't have to fight the same devils we fought. They'll have some devils to fight. It just won't be the same one. God forbid that we make our kids fight the same devils we fought. How many want to defeat some devils your kids will never see? Like, I want to defeat some devils that my kids will never have to fight. So there's a positive impact. And so this kingdom of God is not, the New Testament tells us, it's not meat and drink, but it's righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. Now, these are things that can't be measured. It's hard to measure righteousness or peace or joy in the, I mean, how do you measure that? It's not really tangible. And because it's not a tangible thing that you can measure, a lot of times we, we tend to live in a way as if the kingdom is not real. Not understanding that the intangible, the things that are not tangible, can impact what is tangible. That the kingdom can come and superimpose itself over our natural. Let, let me show you a couple of examples of how this works. Praise and worship is a kingdom principle. It's not just the space, you know, the first 20, 30 minutes of church where we sing some songs. Praise and worship is a principle that, that builds an atmosphere for, that's conducive for God's presence to be here. And it's a, it produces something that is contagious so that it not only impacts us, but it impacts those around us. But you got people, and part of the vision of this house is that, we would build not just a physical structure, but a spiritual structure that when people step into Bethesda church, they're no longer living in their natural reality, but they're stepping into a kingdom reality where God is known and praise and worship is a, is a central component to making God known. Yet you got people who will spend all kinds of money to get on a plane and fly to Israel to go to a temple where the Ark of the Covenant used to dwell and they want to go to church there yet they come to church here and won't give God praise. You know what that means? It means they believe more in brick and mortar than they do that God inhabits the praises of his people. God does not dwell in temples made with bricks and mortar or by the hands of man. You can build that building. You can put stained glass windows all across it. You can put in crosses everywhere, but if there is no praise and no worship, God is not going to be there. spend all that money to go to Israel to worship and you won't worship in your local church you're wasting your time God's not in Israel God's where he's praised now if you go over there and you worship but if you just go over there and stand around God responds to praise and worship it builds God an atmosphere that he's comfortable in that works with praise and worship that works with tithing and giving we say we believe in the kin- kingdom we believe it's real but we stingy a different reality i'm living in a different reality i believe the kingdom is real so i'm going to give him praise and worship because i believe it's real i'm going to bring the first 10% of my income as a tithe. And I'm going to give offerings on top of that. Why? Because I believe it's real. Um, we could take it a step further. Serving, every disciple, every person who has come out of darkness into God's light should be serving. Yet 70, 80% of the church nationwide, they, they think their serve is holding a seat down. But if I believe the kingdom is real, then I'm going to have some skin in the game. And then, watch this, we won't, we won't worship, we won't tithe, we won't serve, we won't do any of the kingdom things that show we believe the kingdom is real and then we want to complain about our life. What would happen if we lived as if the kingdom was real? And we lifted our voice and we gave generously and we served to the best of our ability what would happen what kind of realities are we missing out on because we're, we're we're living as if the kingdom isn't real because the kingdom of god is not a concept it's not a theory or even a belief if, if if you believe that the kingdom is real and can invade your life or impose itself on your life there should be things in your life that represent it's it's real because you can believe all kinds of crazy things for instance, some people believe that a trillion years ago we were just a one cell animal. That we got bored with ourselves and we started moving through the water and we got up on the land. We got tired of being a fish, so we thought we would just crawl around a little bit, and we got tired of crawling around, so we decided to be a monkey. We got tired of being a monkey, came down out of the tree, and bam, we're now people. This is odd, but if we're all evolving, some of us didn't make the trip because we still got fish and monkeys. I guess some people are slow. People believe all kinds of crazy things. They believe all kinds of crazy things, but your belief does not have to have in this culture. It doesn't even have to have any basis of reality. Now faith though, is not just a belief. The kingdom is not just a belief. It's more than that. If it's real, then you got to live your life knowing that the kingdom has the power to change your reality. And I'm preaching this series because I am frustrated at seeing God's people who love God and are in the kingdom get results that are not kingdom-oriented results. I'm ready for us. And it's happening in this church. It's happening in seed form. But there is a major shift coming and it's been coming for a couple of years. I have been sensing it for for years. I just thought it's about how many people we could get here and how many people would know Jesus and how many people could get saved and and a few years ago I stopped caring about how many people show up because it's not about how many people show up if the kingdom is not impacting their life. I would rather have 300 people that were kingdom disciples than 9,000 that just came and held a seat down and it had no kingdom reality in them at all. I'm ready to See the body of Christ shift from a natural reality into kingdom realities where we do see blinded eyes open and deaf ears unstopped and cancer healed and the local drunk saved and baptized and filled with the Holy Spirit and seeing a move of God sweep over this church and over this region that impacts lives. That's what it's about. Go ahead and give him a real praise today. Give him a praise. I'm trying to get there. That's so why Jesus said in Matthew 6, he said, seek first the kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be given to you as well. That we don't spend our life going after the stuff, trying to define the value of our life by what's in our hand. But my value is based on the kingdom of God that is in my heart. In the kingdom, church, listen to me you have access to an eternal supply. There are things at your fingertips in the kingdom that you can't physically see, but the devil is constantly putting this in your head and that in your ear and making tripping you up here. And I mean, there is kingdom resources at your fingertips there is kingdom health at your fingertips there. there, there's kingdom purpose at, and and you, you think, why am I going through this, 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 and this? Because the devil knows this church as a whole is getting ready to step into a place in the kingdom we've never been in before. It's why the warfare has been strong. It's why it's been a struggle. It's why it's been hard. It's why there's been things you don't understand or can't comprehend or, or articulate what God is, is doing in this season. But I just hear the Lord saying, tell my people they have access to an eternal supply. People who do great things for God live in a different reality than most. They do. Naturally, it's the same reality. They may have jobs and kids and bills to pay and all that kind of stuff but they live in a different reality. The kingdom of God is progressive. It is the seed form. And I wanna remind us this morning, I didn't get to this at nine because at nine, I didn't even look at this iPad. But I feel like the Holy Spirit is, is making me go back and hit some of these with this, this service. And I know he has a reason for it. God, in, in the book of Genesis, the Bible says that God had put seed in the ground, but had not caused it to rain because there was no man there to tend it. And God gave me the, this, this line that I want to put in, in your heart. God will not rain on something that you are not prepared to tend. So we can say kingdom realities in a new season and, and we can say we believe it. And it sounds good while he's preaching it and it felt good in the room. But if we're not prepared to tend it, God says, you'll miss your moment. Because I will not rain on something you're not prepared to tend. But when his people say, I'm prepared to tend to what you're doing, God says, I'll start causing it to rain. Prophetically, I'm I'm getting a little prophetic right now, but the Bible says in the last days, God will cause it to rain in some cities and other cities it will not. And I believe the answer is what we just preached. I believe God wants it to rain everywhere, but not every place is prepared to tend to what God wants to pour out. And this kingdom reality means you and I, and this is what I've learned this year. If I've learned anything, this kingdom reality is that God has placed a lot of responsibility in our hands. He'll do the work as long as we will steward what he does. But if we're not prepared to steward it and we don't want to steward it and you know our our life is more important and you know I got things to do and I've got a big list of things I need to accomplish before I can do A B and C for God, you're not prepared. At the end of the day, we have to come back to the reality of is the kingdom of God the most important thing in the earth or not? Is the local church the hope of the world or not? The Bible teaches us that the kingdom of God is above all the other kingdoms. That it is above all power, it's above all might, it's above all thrones, it's above all dominions. God has called you and I out of every tribe, kindred and tongue and he has made us a kingdom of priests unto him. The kingdoms of this world are now becoming the kingdoms of our God and he shall reign forever. The prophet said, it's an increasing, everlasting, expanding, unshakable and unstoppable kingdom. I'm gonna end with this verse from first Chronicles chapter four, verses nine and 10. I'm gonna put this in your heart. And I believe this is something God is speaking over the house today. This message has come out much more prophetic and now word than a sermon. But he says in 1 Chronicles 4, 9 and 10, Jabez was more honorable than his brothers. His mother had named him Jabez saying, I gave birth to him in pain. That's very significant. And Jabez cried out to the God of Israel, Oh, that you would bless me and enlarge my territory. Let your hand be with me and keep uh, me from harm so that I will be free from pain. And God granted his request. So five things Jabez prayed for. He said, God, I want you to bless me. I want you to enlarge my territory. I want your hand to be upon me. I want you to keep me from evil and keep me from grief. This prayer of Jabez was a prayer for enlargement. How many believe in a prayer for enlargement. Anybody believe in that? This is what it is. He was asking God to make him a leader. And I believe some of you, you've been been praying and saying, God, use me. God, give me influence. God, open up a door. God, give me opportunity. Jabez was praying, God, remove the limitations, remove the boundaries. And it's important because his name means sorrowful. Jabez was born in in a moment of pain. And what we don't see sometimes is that out of pain it comes sorrow, but out of pain can come a desperate prayer like this. And out of his pain and sorrow, he desperately, for no real reason that we can see, he begins to pray and ask God to bless him. Ask God to enlarge his territory. Ask God, let your hand be upon me. Keep me from evil. Keep me from grief. Keep me from pain, God. Five things he asked for. And what I love about the verses, the Bible says, and God granted his request. Everything he asked for, God put his stamp of approval on it. And it was important because some of you You've been mislabeled. You've had words spoken over you. You've believed lies about yourself. You've stopped short of the, of the purpose and the calling for your life for whatever reason. There's a million different reasons as to why you may be in that season of your life. But I believe as Jabez called out to God from a place of sorrow and pain and asked God to enlarge his territory and to bless him and to remove grief and pain from his life, God granted that request. I believe God is saying we are in a moment like Jerusalem had. They missed their moment, Bethesda Church don't miss your moment God has given you an invitation to pray some prayers that you've never prayed before to ask him to do some things you've never even had faith to ask him to do before and God is going to grant your request come on stand to your feet this morning and give him a praise if you receive the word today come on give him a praise today Listen, it's possible for you to be mislabeled. It's possible for you to be living beneath your privileges. I'm gonna finish up this and I don't know why I'm using it this service because I did in the first service, but somebody needs to hear it. God wants to place within each and every one of us, the capacity, listen to what I'm saying, the capacity, to do more than what we're currently doing. I believe, and I believe it's part of the reason it has been fault and been a struggle. This church is called, listen to me, we are called to reproduce leaders. I heard that very strong in my spirit. We're called to reproduce leaders. We need to understand leaders are born But leaders are also trained and developed. That's why the compass class is so important. God is wanting to raise up leaders. And here's what I I don't want you to take this the wrong way. A lot of churches are building their church around the spiritually impaired. They got people trying to lead it who are broken, not living in kingdom realities, They've lost their faith, and they're trying to build with that. It's like trying to build a basketball team that's going to win the NBA championship, and everybody on your team's got knee injuries and ankle injuries and back injuries, and everybody's hurt. How many are you not winning? You're going to lose. We cannot afford to try to build moving forward with the spiritually impaired. And I'm watching God raise up people within this congregation and they're coming from places unexpected, coming from places unexpected we didn't see coming and God is using and they're strong in their faith. They're full of the Holy Spirit. They believe that God can remove the mountains. If you fall over dead, they'd be on you raising you from the dead. We got those kind of people in this church And I hear the Holy ghost saying, Chad, build with them, build with them. Don't just look for people who have gifts, but no anointing. People that have talents, but haven't died to themselves. We will not build with the spiritually impaired, but we're going to build with those that have died to who they are in Adam and they are alive in Christ and I hear God saying that what he wants to do in this next season is something we've never seen before. (laughs) Y'all getting anything out of this? James, you better come get all this. I'm going to start scrolling back. Anybody getting something out of it for real? Like spiritually, you feel like you're getting something out of it? Here's what I want to do. I'm, I'm I, Listen, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to do it differently. I'm, I'm so tired of box and limits and, you know, this way and this is the only way. And, like, I am so ready to watch God break the boxes and remove the limitations. <laughs> Whatever he wants to do, I may not even be able to explain it. And that's all right. I'm tired of having to give an explanation for everything the Lord does. Some things he does can only be experienced. It can't be explained. And so here's what I want to do. I'm going to ask the prayer team staff, those that are ready to pray. I want you to get in place. And my altar call, listen, if it's been a year since you responded to an altar call, you need to be in the altar. It's, it's time to put a yes on the altar. It's time to say, God, use me. God, do something new in me. God, I wanna embrace this moment. But I wanna open up this altar for everybody in this church. And here's here's my encouragement to you. If you're lost and you don't know Jesus, I want you to come to this altar as well and let somebody know I need saved. They will pray with you and lead you to Jesus in this altar. But I wanna see these altars filled today. We wanna pray for every person. I believe our church is entering into a brand new season The Holy Spirit is going to move in ways like we've never seen. Are y'all ready to see that happen at Bethesda Church? I'm ready to see it happen. On the count of three, I want you to move. We want to pray for everybody in the building. We'll take our time doing it. One, two, three. Let's move. Come on, let's move.